0: I found when I played my best footy was when I was studying at uni, because I wasn't totally consumed by footy. Like yeah. Wayne Bennett was like, once you leave training, that's time to decompress, focus on your family to the
1: Hi legends, Dallas from To The Point Podcast here. Today we sat down with one of my favorite people in the world, Mr. Dan Hunt. We spoke about the Mighty Red V and his 150 games, Wayne Bennett making a better person, not just a better player, and a premiership ring. To the we also discussed the mental health movement, starting the conversation, and how full is your mental health cup. I really enjoyed this one, and I hope you do too. Let's get to the point.
0: To the point.
1: Mr. Dan Hunt, thank you for welcoming me into your beautiful home.
0: All good, brother. My pl- pleasure. My
1: pleasure. <laughs> uh, first things first. Happy birthday for this week.
0: Thank you, brother. Uh, thirty-four years old.
1: Yeah, thirty-four years young, young, my yes. friend. <laughs> yes, 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 mate. Don't look a day over twenty-one. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, very special one for me. You're one of my favourite people in the world. You do amazing things in this world, um, and I'm super excited, especially being, um, you know, obviously a, a focus on. Mental health and and suicide prevention for uh, for the month. I'm super stoked to be to be sitting here and talking to you.
0: No, look, first of all, congratulations, mate. I remember we've always stayed in touch, uh, always yeah, following each other. But yeah, you've always been a massive supporter of myself and Mhm. Um, and as you said a little bit earlier, setting up, you are like. Fuck! We'll, we'll, I was talking about this with you eight months ago. and Now we're here doing it. So it's, yeah. a, it's a big credit to you. Made a lot of people talk the talk, but actually don't
1: go and, and get it done. So good, good on you and and, and your misses for for having a crack, mate. It uh, absolutely means the world to me, uh, especially coming from from someone like yourself. And um, yeah, look, I, I guess you know it's um, it's a it's an amazing world that we do live in, and plenty of opportunity. But it just comes down to. Do you want to have a crack at it or not? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. These mics you, and you. headphones. <laughs> yeah. This is right up my alley. I love this. shit. <laughs> oh, mate, keep going. We're on the, it's, we're on the recliners. <laughs> it's, it's, just to paint a picture. The room of pop culture. Yeah, we're, we're, to paint a picture, we're <laughs> in. Uh, we're in. We're in Dan's. Um, his childhood room. We'll call it. So. <laughs> We've got Darth Vader, we've got Iron Man, we've got um, figurines still in package in Primo, <laughs> uh, and it's it's beautiful. Because I, I said to Dan, like this is this is such a beautiful room, bro. This is so cool. And he goes, mate, it's like I'm living the childhood I never got to have, and it's something that I can I, I empathise straight away with. It. I've got my own little my own little things. Well, well, mate, I always wanted to start a podcast, and my missus said, she goes
0: how good is it you're doing a podcast in your theatre room? I said, yeah, I always want to do my own, but fuck, I'm I'm just glad someone's doing one in here. So (laughs) well done, Dale. And and I think you look at, look, education, I believe, in doing anything and self-awareness are two of the biggest keys, but it's also the support around you. So you don't necessarily these days have to go and get a degree, but you do need to have the education and experience with it. And one of the best ways you learn that, is by having a crack and doing it yourself and learning from your mistakes, but also engaging, say, the subject matter experts or, or people that have sort of been there before you and 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 I guess using their experiences as a bit of a leg up or a bit of a peek over the fence, so to speak, to be able to help you develop in, in what you're doing. And if anyone's worth the the their I guess are worth what they do,
1: they'll give you that that peak. They'll help you get there as opposed to keeping all the chips for themselves. Made a hundred percent. And I, I I you see that with like Joe Rogan. You know, Rogan always helps the people around him. Uh he's you we'll know, look at Brendan Shaw, what he did for him. Made a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And and you know, I listened to the fighter and the kid on the way here. Like Calum, I Calum's the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not at the moment. He's uh, going through some going through some stuff. But a hundred percent right, mate. And look, you know, I've um I've lent on you a lot, you know, going through this journey for, for the sports management business and you actually gave me subject matter experts. I was like yeah, how good's that? <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, mate, I got it from someone else. So yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just passing the baton on. Well, I call it the ecosystem, right? You, well, it is. You, you create that ecosystem and you create um, conversations with people who, uh, who are helping you go in that trajectory and on that lineage and where you want to go. Yeah,
0: and, and I think the... I guess what you're doing there with your your management company, it is not just about signing the contracts or uh, getting the sponsorship. It's also, and and Wayne Bennett was big on this, it's about not just creating a better player, it's about creating a better person. Mm. So, whether you, when you leave that, 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 when you join your company, leave your company, when you join that team or leave that team or transition into the next phase in your life, if you've helped that person become a
1: better version of themselves, fuck, you've done your job, man. Well, mate, um, the footy
0: I- and the money and the sponsorship that
1: comes—you're hundred percent right. And and you know, my um my partner Lucy gets angry at with me because I've I've already signed deals for for the athletes that I've got, and I don't even have a bank account <laughs> so set up for my business. So at the moment, I'm doing stuff not because I'm trying to get paid for it, because I fucking love what I do. Yeah. I love seeing someone who doesn't have that confidence in themselves and 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 that sort of skill set and capability. And, you know, you you go, wow, you're an elite athlete and, yeah, you should just concentrate on your sport. But I see something so much more and I believe in that. So I'm so excited not to make the commission payment but to see you actually get something out of the blood, sweat and tears that you put into your craft. Yeah. And
0: I think the the world that we live in now, you can be – you can be a very good athlete, so to speak, but there's so many other elements now around it with your social media, your brand, uh, your, your your transition, uh, I guess, phase of what you got because being an athlete isn't forever. So having that that transition phase, but uh, then building the, the aspects around it, it, it's so important where I found when I played my best footy was when I was studying at uni because I wasn't totally consumed by footy. Like yeah. you, you, you 100% have to be 1,000% dedicated to your craft. Uh, I'm not saying that, but Wayne Bennett was like, once you leave training, that's time to decompress, focus on your family, focus on developing yourself and, and focusing on, on taking some time out. Once you come in that fence it's it's footy it's a million miles an hour but once you leave that and he was big on that balance and uh, and I guess balancing all the different aspects of your life and I battled with that early in, in my life and and after obviously being coached and mentored by him and going through my own struggles I really learned the importance of that balance and it, it is look Jordan Peterson speaks about it in the the 12 rules to life yep. Um. that uh, between chaos and order meaning is found so it's not about being rigid and perfect and having your shit together all the time and it's not about being self-destructive and, and self-sabotaging and, and 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 there either it's about finding the balance uh, in, in between the two and that's where you look at the river uh, analogy you're in the canoe
1: you don't want to be in the rapids but you don't want to be up on the side on the rocks not moving anywhere it's it's the, the balance in between <laughs> yeah. yeah mate 100% and look uh you know I was gonna you know obviously jump into your rugby league career and and the, the the one of the questions that I did have was, do you think you would be the man that you are today without Wayne coming into your life?
0: It's it's a hard like it, it's definitely something I've thought of, and it's not just Wayne. It, it's also my wife and the Dean. It's people like Chris Houston. It's it's my mum uh, and my brothers and sisters, um, and my father as well. Would I be the same person? Probably not, but uh, who's to say that there's not another uh, alternate reality where that person's there going along at the same time? But uh, he played a big role in me getting the support that I needed at that period of time that allowed me to go on a different path to obviously it's got me to where I am today. There's been a lot of other moving parts, a lot of other people in my life, but um, a a lot of other elements that have helped. But what I talk about a lot in – what we educate on in in particular when I share my story is how do you help someone that doesn't want to help themselves? That's the hardest question we get asked in this space. Yeah. 100%. Whether you're going through a struggle yourself or you're supporting someone else, how how do you help someone that doesn't want to help themselves? And there is no set answer to that. But what I, I do say is humans need to go through their own experience, their own catalyst, their own life event, their own penny to drop to get them to that point of wanting to make a change, doing something different, seeking support, shifting their perception. And for some of us, we've got to hit rock bottom. And And, and, and I've been there and I understand that. Uh, but the old cliche saying you can lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. But I am a big believer you can provide the environment for that horse to drink and, and you cannot give up on that horse. And, yeah. and and that's where I was lucky to have those people in my life. Even though I hated myself, the world and everything in it, I pushed the closest people to me away. I treated them very poorly. Uh, they they still stuck by me, um, and I asked my missus to, to this day, well, why did you stay with me? And she said, oh, I could see the best version in you, even though you couldn't see it yourself. And yeah. it's yep. uh, it gives me tingles thinking about that. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's powerful things having having the ro- as you know having the right people around
1: you. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Look, you know that it is back to those cliche things. You're a product of your environment and your reflection of the people you spend most time with. And I, I they're, not,
0: they're cliches for a reason. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't, I, I could not do what I do today and be the person who I am today, uh, and go through what I go through on on my self discovery without Lucy. Like she is, I know that I have unconditional love, and I know that if 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 the world falls out out of my feet tomorrow, I know that she will be there to dust me off and say, "Let's go, champ." And I'm sure, and and I
0: know your story, and and there would have been different elements where you would have been in that dark moment, and, and, and I've been there as well, and I know the people listening have been as well, but when it's not that you don't ever go into those dark moments again, but when you know that you've got someone that's got your back, whether it's your partner, a friend, a family member, a fellow worker, it's not as dark. Those dark moments is not as dark. It's like, well, fuck, I am in here. It is dark, but... There is a little bit of light there, even though I can't see it. They're, they're going to help me get back there, and whether that is dusting you off and you're getting you back on the horse, or whatever the cliche you want to use, it's it support networks uh, for whoever and for whatever it
1: is that works for you. It's a massive element. Yeah, um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent, mate. And, and it, it comes back down to you know what you just said before. It's you don't want to sit in the rabbits, but you also don't want to be stuck on the rocks. So as you get older and you start seeing what these people see in you and you grow up you grow and you develop and you you go on your own journey and that light seems to get a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter and confidence go, builds. Hundred percent and you go, oh hey hold on a second. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do a little bit more. Yeah yeah I'm gonna go balls deep. Yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna fucking jump straight <laughs> <Yeah>. in <laughs> no well, I, that's the key. Yeah yeah hundred percent mate and and we're um you know super, super fortunate to you know obviously you know you you know, Nads in your life, and you know Lucy, and and you, know, you have mentors like Wayne, and for myself, you know I've you know Greeny like without Nathan Green, I I definitely wouldn't be here today. He's um he's been the the catalyst for me, you know, shaping the the man that I am today, and and probably Green. not ta- probably not taking my own life. So, like it's it's a it's a beautiful story to sit here in in this moment. Uh, I agree. Very grateful. Yeah, because you know, like regardless of um regardless of of, you know obviously the the materialistic things, the fact that I can sit here with a Dan Hunt that has (laughs) has a has a has a mind where he's all about believing in himself and giving back and making other people believe in themselves, I think that is like a true story of success. No,
0: and I I do appreciate that and I guess I don't share this with many people, but I always thought, yeah, I got put on the planet to play football, and and then went went through everything I did while I was playing. Like, yeah, I was very grateful for my career, but that got taken away in 2015, and it was that that itch was never scratched. It was like, fuck, I still feel like I have got something to give, which my body didn't allow me in the end, uh, in in a physical sense with footy. Um, I laid everything on the line, but being able to do now what. Myself and our team do at the mental health movement. Uh, that that itch is is it's definitely getting scratched. And the identity and purpose and the belonging and the challenge and the out of your comfort zone and all those things we face that every single day. And 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 it's not easy in what we do. But exactly what you're saying there, I don't think there's anything more powerful than giving someone the ability to be able to better manage not just their mental health or their mental illness, but to better manage themselves. Because if you can better manage yourself. You're gonna be better, and when 100%. you be
1: better, you do better. Hundred. It's as simple mate. as that. Well, it's cool from like the outside looking in, and obviously, um, I know the team aspect to it, and it's so cool for me to watch guys like you, like yourself, Ashton, um, Houston, and the rest of your team. You essentially are a football team. Everyone's got their own own role on the field. When you guys go out to present the curriculum, the stuff that you that you, that you guys present in your workshops. Everybody has well, a job on the field. Well, that's kind of the workshop or the webinars, the game, yep. and everything
0: in the, the background. you got the strappers and the, the physios and the, 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 the coaches, the assistants, coaches. The funny thing is I, I literally had that thought the other day. I was sitting there having a coffee just by myself, and I thought – fuck I've pretty much replicated footy just in another way <laughs> I'm like I, I swear to god I literally had that thought I was talking to house and the boys about it and they're like yeah you know what we we kind of have and it is we 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 get in there and we'll have a laugh we'll take the piss out of each other um but then we'll crack in we'll get our work done um we'll we'll, we'll play our 80 minutes so to speak yep. um and then we'll get back we'll review it what would, what did we do wrong what what can we do better um what did we do good like and 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 then we'll adapt, we'll evolve, we'll get what we need. Then we'll keep moving forward. And 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 yeah, it's funny that you say that. And, and the thing about it is, and in particular with what you're going to be doing with your management company, what people don't really realize when you're a professional athlete is what you learn. So whether you've got a degree or not, what you learn in terms of sacrifice, commitment, communication, uh, being able to take. Uh, positive and negative feedback, being able to speak in the media, uh, being able to be under pressure and perform, uh, all these different aspects, uh, read game plans, all those things, they transcend into every other aspect of your life. And you look at your your, your partner as a lawyer, like high-pressure job, communication, sacrifice, adaptability, customization, all those things. It, it's just in a different context. Yep. Uh, and And players don't really get told that that those transcend. If you go and put a few little things in here, what you're going to be helping younger kids with, and when you go to the workforce, you're going to be able to do that. So it helps fill that void of professional sport being taken away a little bit easier because a lot of players do struggle with that, not just rugby league players but professional athletes. 100%. Because your identity, purpose, and belonging is taken away. That can be replicated or filled, but if you're not even aware of it, how are you going to do it? But the thing – and it's not – there's obviously an exception to every rule, but you look at sometimes the best footy players don't necessarily make the best captains or they don't necessarily make the best coaches or the best player managers. 100%. It's the, yep. the ones that, yeah, they, they played, they understood it, and they may never have got to – the Jonathan Thurston or the Andrew Johns uh, level, but they understand, I guess, the the grind, the, the the struggle, the not having your basic human needs met, yep, um, and then being able to empathise uh, and 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 provide
1: that for an individual that. If they got those things, imagine where they could go. Made 100%. And, and that's what it comes down to. It comes down to, like, you do every single day. You know, you give up um, sacrifice, you know, commitment. Like, you give up time with your family, like with your young family, your kids. Um, obviously, you get to work with your wife, but it's like you go out there and give your all. To everyone else, to help them be better and learn more about themselves, and I'm sure there's days you come home and you're like, I'm just so drained. I don't want to talk to anyone. Well, I'm yesterday not- was one of them. It was are you okay, Day. I did eight back to back to back to
0: back to back to back workshop webinars, so it was yeah, it was full tilt. But like you go and, and the in between them, and you go, oh, fuck, I'm I'm fried, man. I don't <laughs> know if I got any left. Yeah, hundred percent. And then I always have the mantra going back to why did you get into this? Yeah, and it's because you're going to have a younger version of you sitting there with someone telling them something that might shift their
1: perception so they don't have to go what you went through. It's and, and it's then it. be- it's beautiful, Dan. And yeah. that's why like, I get around everything that you guys do. I love what you do because, man... I wish as a as a fifteen year old kid, hundred percent. You know, I wish I I wish I had that. I wish I had a mentor. I wish I had a me. I wish I had.
0: Well, that's what. But you're doing the same thing as what I'm doing. You're yep. going to be able to give them uh, what they need. And I'm telling you, brother, it's a it's a beautiful path. It, it, it gets hard, as you. I'm sure you, you you've been through tough, but. Um, uh, the beauty of it that's 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 where the magic happens when it is tough yeah and 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 things like that, but you've got the right people around you, so you you're gonna
1: be sweet, yeah, hundred percent, and that's why like you know I had that three pillar approach, and why I came up with that was because yes, I'm really good at a certain aspect of life, but there's areas where I've got no idea, so I'm going to engage these su- subject matter experts and I'm gonna have them there, like whether it's Um, you know, financial wealth, um, you know, mapping out a a financial plan, having a look at your superannuation, having a look at real estate, having a look at investment, having a look at welfare, having a look at mental health, having a look at these concepts in life that are going to challenge you outside of of you taking the field on a Saturday or a Sunday or a Friday night. Well, I'll give you an example. If I was a young player, I'd just sign my first contract –
0: and 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 earning the money that you were. If someone told me to go and open a trust, and and then open a company, and then start filtering money through that, and and then putting tipping money into your super, so you're paying less tax. Someone told me that back then.
1: Yeah, like I'd be go jam, and I'm you, going
0: Rustys. Do you, do you know <laughs> what I mean? But we never got told that, and yep. you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um. But the other thing, and and I'm sure you're the same. I don't anymore. I used to beat myself up on all the things I didn't do once I knew it. Yeah. And I'm like. But you're you, you flogging a dead horse there. You cannot judge yourself or beat yourself up over things that you know now that you should have done back then. All you can do is acknowledge, accept, and what can you do moving forward to be better with that? And and, and, and being able to pass that baton onto my, my, my stepdaughter, Tyler, onto my son, onto anyone else that wants to know um, that, yeah, people, it's just amazing. The information's out there, but a lot of people just don't know. 100%. We've never been taught that. Like, how do you break the cycle if you don't know? 100%. But look at someone that's mechanically minded that can look at a motor, pull it apart, and then put it back together. Like, my brother's
1: like that. But yeah, my, but doesn't know brother, the difference between your, your, and your. But my brother,
0: yeah. But, yeah. but my brother dropped out of school in year nine. Yeah. But he could pull a, a VL Calais turbo apart and put it back together in a day and- like he's, but I look at that. I'd look at the manual and go, "Fuck that! I'm not doing that." Yeah, but
1: I, I pay people to do that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but like I could get a football and, and run as hard as I could at Shane Webke, But you, you know what I mean? Like different people have got different strengths. Yep. But exactly what you're saying there—that's why a good team works well. You don't have to have one person to know it all. Yep. You have one person that gets the people together that know it all. And leads them, motivates them, cares about them, uh, looks after them, provides them the the identity, the purpose, the belonging, the belief, the confidence, the reward—all those different aspects—and that that's what a team is. And, and, and I learned that from from Wayne Bennett, um, and, and 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 obviously some other teams and things that I, I played in. But I learned a lot of that from being in now in business. Like, fuck, she's a ruthless world out there, man. Like, yeah, dealing with clients and companies and things like that, and and. What did we say before? You either evolve, or you're not here. Yeah, and yeah. and and that's where I feel you learn your most when you when when you're chucked in the deep end. Yeah, hundred
1: percent. Yeah, your baptism of fire. Yeah. Well, it's it's cr- it's crazy because you know, like I say this now, like I was a gunner for so long, and I was always the person that was told, "Oh, dude, you'd be so good at that. You'd be so amazing at that." And you, like, you know, that concept's really cool. And, you know, I hid behind um, helping other people be successful because it gave me self-gratification. But then what I learned through my journey, um, like with psychs and stuff like that, it was I put so much emphasis on helping other people because I avoided helping myself. And then once it's I had a the- powerful abil- thing to learn, man. Yeah. And then once you had the ability to- you know, you have um, like a stability in your life. So having, you know, my partner, having my life, having my dogs, um, having unconditional love, you get this point in your life where you you go, well, oh, hold on a second, I'm enough. I can do this. So that was going to be, I know
0: you're interviewing me, but I'm going to ask you a question. When you learned that, how did that make you feel? And that shift in perception, what, what did you, like, yeah, how did
1: you feel and what did you do with that? It's back to what you said before. I went, why the fuck didn't you do that 10 years ago? You why did, like it, it was kind you're of like I up, had to man. go back through that journey again yeah. to get back to the point of dude, you're only 35. Like well, actually I probably would have been about thirty thirty-four, thirty-three. So it was like you You got enough time. Time's time's not a thing here. Like you you you've got a great skill set, you've gone through a journey, you're healthy you're safe you don't like you know i haven't you know done long stints in jail or anything like that so in terms of like beating myself up on on not um not you know finding the answer and going shit it was so simple um it was it was more so going okay cool i understand this now and now i have the ability that if i f- if i f- if i have a crack and and i learn a lesson i'm not going to say failure i learn a lesson then my whole world's not going to be destroyed. It's cool. Like, everything's all good. Well, what do they say? If you win, you win. If you lose, you learn. Yeah, 100%. But yeah. Uh, to, to, I guess, uh,
0: segue or, or, or reinforce what you're, you're saying there – Probably one of those little epiphanies that I had with my psychologist uh, many many years ago um, after my diagnosis of type two bipolar was. I always thought you had to have your shit together, you had to be perfect, that you, you you had to be the big tough front rower. You had to have this, you had to have that, and if you didn't have it, you're not good enough. And 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 it'd be, it would really fuel my my manic behaviours, and then it'd also fuel my self sabotaging destructive behaviours as well. Yep. And when she said to me, she goes, "Do you think?" She's a clinical psych, and she goes, do you think that I don't struggle? Do you think that I don't have blowups with my partner? Do you don't think that I go out and drink too much sometimes? Do you think that I don't fucking not have my shit together sometimes? Yep. And I said, well, I thought you did. That's why I'm here talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) But then she said, no, but I do. And and, and she goes, do you know why? And I said, I wasn't educated then. She goes, because I'm a human being. Yeah. She goes, there's no finish line. No. There's no finish line to managing your mental health there's yep. no finish line to managing your bipolar there's no finish line to managing yourself yeah and what human beings do is we put all this expectation on ourselves because of our conditioning because of our upbringing because of the pressures of family friends because of the the now school. the school school now yeah. the social media the technology the the access to information and we put all this pressure that we've got to be Perfect. we've got to do we've yeah. got to have and our anxiety our stress everything goes through the roof but it's not that you don't give a shit and you just go and do whatever you want. It's about understanding you, – you said it. You put your, your structures, your values, your principles, your vision, your mission, you put those things in place and you have that understanding, but then it's just about chunking things down and just 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 taking it a day at a time yep. if need be, a, an hour at a time or, or a week at a time or, or chunking it down, but if you – if you think that you're running to this finish line, and that when you get there, that you're going to get a high five, you're going to get a million dollars in a fucking a, a duffel <laughs> bag, and then they're going to tell you that it's going to be all a okay, and then you're going to sip,
1: uh, pina coladas for the rest of your life. That, that's not one hundred percent. What? What? Yeah. Who? Who? Who fucking made that up? It's a it's a it's a constant work in uh, work in progress. And my neurolinguistic um, pathway specialist said this to me. Um. He's like, Dallas, what you need to understand, like going, like healing my trauma, right? So um, I, I go to a, an NLP therapy specialist yep. um, or hypnosis, whatever you want to call it. Um, so when we're, we've been going through this journey, and um, he's like, You are worrying about yesterday and you're worrying about tomorrow. Yesterday can never come. And when tomorrow comes, it's going to be now. So it's uh, everything got put into perspective for me that. Now is now. It's always now, and as you said, there's no finish line. There's no pina coladas. There's no duffel bag full of money. You, what's happening right here, right now is now, and tomorrow is going to be now. Yeah.
0: But and and, and tomorrow n- isn't necessarily always going to come. Yep. But and it's not the cliche because I still. Overthink and worry and stress and all these different things, and and have the vision and that, but it's not that you stop that from happening. It's that when you become aware that oh fuck the monkey mind's gone, the head noises started. It's like all right, okay, I'm aware. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to press pause. What do I need to do to calm that down? To slow down? Um, and and I also got taught the the two the two fuel tanks in the brain. So we've got the, the frontal uh, lobes. Yeah. Yep. Well, just on a high, even higher level, we've got the the problem solving brain and we've got the emotional brain. Yep. When we go through a change, challenge, or adversity, human beings are, are, are emotional and, and we'll get angry, we'll get upset, we'll get fearful, we'll get guilt, we'll, and, and we'll act on that emotion. How often when we act on emotion do we get positive outcomes? Yeah, negative. Not, not very many. Yeah, so 100%. she said when you start to have that emotional response, that's okay. You can't control emotions, but you can manage them. Yep. Press the pause button. Yeah. Take some time out. Be, be in the now mindfulness, gratitude, go for a walk, go for a surf, go for a motorbike ride, fucking count to 10, um, like read a book, whatever it is that you do to calm the emotional brain down. Don't send the email. Don't make that phone call. Oh, I was just fucking, about, I was just about confront, to say Don't, that confront, don't <laughs> confront that person. <laughs> yeah. Calm yeah. it down and try to kick in the problem-solving brain. Talk to your support networks. Write some things down. And then when you get a bit of a better plan and it's the problem-solving brain that's working – Not so much the emotional brain. Press play. Go. But I learned that. Do I do it? Do I do it very, very well? Not yet. But I'm fucking getting better at it. Yeah,
1: mate. I'm. I'm I'm aware of it. I'm definitely with you on that one, and um, it's something that I've, I've definitely had to learn. Is, um, the like not every action needs a reaction, and and the best thing that it needs is time, because you need to have rationale, especially like if it's going to be something to do with. Your partner, or work, or because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to figure this this shit out every day, right? Like all of us, we're all fucking. None of us are perfect. There is no such thing. So seven's my number. So I do seven deep breaths with a uh, with a three in, seven hold, seven exhale, seven rounds, like seven seven breaths with that, and then that gives me the oxygen, slows my heart rate down, and it gives me the ability to go. The emotional brain. Okay, cool. Let's look at this from a rational perspective. Can
0: I ask? I got a thing when I am calming the emotional brain down I do me time stables in my head it's, it's weird eh <laughs> just to just it's like the grounding thing 2 plus where, 2 is 4 well, that's pluses on times like 6, 6, 36, 7, seven 49 6, eight 48 so it's just to put you it brings you back to the now yeah it's, uh, it's something you know, I've innately oh, no one taught it i just always
1: did it yeah and that, and that's a really cool tool i got um there's like a, a nerve on the inside of your thumb just in here a pressure point um and i used to do that so if you just hold it in yeah. and it's a, a pressure point to to bring you back to the now uh, oh, what's the the movie um it's one of uh mark warberg's
0: movies uh Mile twenty three, and he's got the elastic band. Oh I mean, yeah, and he and he, himself. and he flicks himself yeah. because he's obviously a yeah. a very angry individual. Yeah. But that that brings him back to the yeah. to, to, to the now. So it's it's interesting the different uh, coping mechanisms. Yeah, hundred yeah, the, percent. the The interesting thing, I don't, and we we digress as as you do on a podcast. I don't think. Yeah, no 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 script or questions here. No, definitely um, not. You look at the current landscape that we're, that we're in, right? COVID nineteen who would have ever thought that, that we'd be going through something like this, not just as a community, but as a globe, yep. um, and how much it has inf- impacted people in so many different ways. I just, you, you look at like you, you'd watch an older movie during the Great Depression or in the Vietnam War or World War One or yeah. World War Two, and you're like, fuck, what would it have been like back then? And we're actually, and if anyone's not aware of it, we are in something like that right now. So we- we're going to be in sixty
1: going, fuck! Remember we did that podcast back in the middle of the global <laughs> yeah. pandemic. You know what I mean? Like- Wait, a hundred percent. When this whole stuff happened, I was I had skeptical hippo eyes for sure. Well, I, was I was just ob- like, I was oblivious. I got an email from our commercial um, imp- worker,
0: and um, Yvonne and she said, "I think you need to have a look at this COVID." I said, "Is this stuff even
1: real?" And literally two <laughs> weeks later, the world was in lockdown. I'm like, yeah. what? Well mate, Lucy and I was it's real, man. Lucy right. and I were so lucky. We're in we're in Japan in December, um yeah, December. And literally like, shit hit the fan in February. Mate, hundred percent. So I'm like, Lucy, holy shit, we could have been stuck here. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're we're in Japan. But the same thing, I like oh when it started, I, skeptical hippo eyes to start off with, but then I started going, Fuck, I'm actually gonna watch elderly and maybe some infants well, die in just, front it, of me. And, and it it is the virus itself. Uh, that that i think is, is is very
0: scary and uh but i think it's all the elements around it like our economy um like human behavior when uncertainty and, and pressure like that happens like you look at the the, the panic buying for example like people getting charged toilet for paper. yeah but people oh, wow. getting charged for a fray and uh assault over toilet paper like <laughs> but it's it's not to bag or, or anything like that because I understand that the human the human psyche when it is put under pressure and and uncertainty we become reptiles we we go back to our primitive nature yep it's, 100%. it's it's fighting fighting to survive yep um and that is an element of what
1: it's like today fighting to survive like well this is the crazy thing about that Dan is that I actually had peace through this part and. And I'm so like I know there's people out there that have struggled and, and whatever else. And look, I, I'm I'm happy to help anyone. But from going through so much chaos in my life, from the day I was born, I was born a heroin baby, I died at birth. For me, I look at this sort of, I looked at this sort of stuff and I was like, I wasn't worried at all. I didn't stress the small stuff. I wasn't concerned about that. All I can all I was worried about was was Lucy and my dogs? That's that's all I cared about because it was the only thing that I could control. The only thing I could control was was myself my, and my family, and that's what I, that's what I was going to control. And you know, I've been quite for- fortunate to u- utilize the time to to build something I've always wanted to build from it. But but it is like you you watch how vulnerable and how fragile the world is if someone presses the stop button. I think
0: the yeah definitely. Um, the the thing that i've really identified from working in the space like we uh, we talk about that mental health continuum that uh, you would have seen that in that um, the Father's Day pack that you got where it's it's on one end we've got mental health and on the other end we've got mental illness or, or illness and uh, we move up and down that continuum every day yeah. because if you've got a brain in your head you've got a mental health, it's as simple as that and the better you look after your mental health, the better you look after yourself but for someone that spent most of their life in the green and the yellow so the continuum goes green, healthy, yellow sliding, orange, struggling, red, red. ill. Yep. So if you're someone that's Spent most of your life. I in- use that rule today, actually. Yeah in, <laughs> yeah, in the green or the yellow. Okay, and and you know how to cope there, but COVID's come in and pulled the carpet out from underneath a lot of people, and Sorry. someone that was in the green or the yellow is now in the orange or the red, red. Yeah. but they've never been there. Yeah, and if you've never been there, it is a fucking scary place, and it can be very mm-hmm. confronting, uncertain, and and individuals are struggling, and I really want to acknowledge that out there, yeah. for how much it has impacted people, but. Again, it reinforces the importance of building that resilience within yourself, the tools, the knowledge, the supports, the understanding, the application of all that as well. But I think that reinforces your point. You've been in the red. You spent most of your life in the red. So now you're up in the green and COVID's happened, but- you're not afraid to go to the red because you've been there. Yeah. So that's, I guess, trying to put some
1: context around your feeling yeah, and emotion yeah. of it all because yeah. you've been there. Yeah, obviously in yeah. a different context or way, but you've still been there. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a cold-hearted thing. And like, hey, you're a bunch of pussies. It's um, it's it's definitely from um from the place of as you said, I've lived through chaos for majority of my life for a good part of you know 25, 30 years. So when this chaos happened, it was just like. Well, what did we
0: say earlier? Between uh, chaos
1: and order, meaning is found. Yeah, yeah, JP, (laughs) the man. Actually, um, why my wife and I have just gone. Well, I've been I've been carnivore a couple of times, and just because obviously the household you you can't sustain it when your missus is eating other (laughs) stuff. You just I'm gonna I'm gonna eat that carnivore or carbivore because I do carbivore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mate, I, I'm a big carnivore with uh, extra extra cream. Oh, mate, that's yeah. me. <laughs> but but, loose. Um, Luce Just listened to to JP's uh, daughter's podcast on Rogan. Yeah, how she fixed her autoimmune condition with with, with, with carnivore. The carnivore diet. Yeah. 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 So um, so you know, loose being you know late to the party, she's like, babe, we are going carnivore. I'm like, well, I did this three years ago, but yeah, cool, let's do it and i'll have to say like i'm going through the we'll, last night we were both so snappy at each other um and it was because we're transitioning from glucose to to mm. keto to ketosis mm. right and it was so funny i was like i could barely get off the couch today. <laughs> it was such a struggle Far, yeah. but in saying that like so what what's, like, to, what what's breakfast lunch and dinner look like uh Meat, yeah, meat. But like, what?
0: Like, I've had like tuna uh, on crackers with uh, red onion, like for breakfast some mornings. Yeah.
1: But what? What? What is like a? Um, I had we made a uh, roast pork last night. Um, so I just had leftover roast pork, and then I got a bit. I knew I was like the the kind of times by the time I got to to, to, to your house from coming from Newcastle. Um, I made a. I had to make a choice, so I got went to Macca's and chicken nuggets. No, nah, man, I got two Angus beef patties, just with cheese in between the middle of it. So just a sandwich, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just smashed that. But like, like from like you, like man, your your energy so infectious. I woke up today, dude, just bouncing. Cog- so you've noticed the difference, mate. My cognitive functionality, no bloating. Like I'm, I'm going, man. Well, the 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 thing, and, and it is infectious, but I I find that. Yeah, I do
0: the the intermittent fasting till twelve, um, and sixteen and eight. Well, I probably stop eating about ten, yeah, nine thirty, uh, and then probably eat eat around twelve, twelve thirty. Um, but I find in 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 my workshops and, and when I'm facilitating, you feel clearer in the mind. 100%. I really do, and, and things come to you. But yep. another thing, and I don't know if it's placebo or not, but we were talking about it earlier with um, Joe
1: Rogan's Alpha Brain. Yep. That shit works, man. Hundred percent. I don't give like say what you want. I, the longer I, I pay, this guy
0: pay for, it, I don't get shit for free. But
1: the longer this goes on, I'm going to become more like that. Because I'm telling you I had works. an alpha, I had an alpha brain, and uh, a long black, probably half an hour before I got here. So I'm yeah. starting to ramp now. But if we look at nutrition,
0: right. Uh, you are what you eat. 100%. And, and look, nutrition is a bit like managing your mental health. What works for one doesn't work for another. Yep. And there's so many fad diets and all this shit out there and uh, like I'm nowhere near as ripped or whatever, not that I was ever ripped playing, but it's about finding what does work for you. Yep. Um. And it, it, it's interesting that, yeah, like you, you see on social media, you should be doing this, should be doing that, but it is like you, you tried it. it. It is trial or error, but- People don't realize how much what they put into their body impacts
1: their mental health. But a big thing for me, Dan, is science. So I'm I'm O negative. So I have a blood type that is for is carnivorous. It's the same as Mike Tyson. You listen so, to so you went and found that out hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So I know. There you go. I know I'm poisoned by vegetables. So what what you what you what, <laughs> I'm being serious. There's no, there's, I believe you. There's vegetables that give me severe bloating, and I have them because. They're in my pokeball. Well, I told you to do it. Well, yeah. they're in my. It's just like it's there. So Lucy's what do you made do there? You just go to your GP, get your blood done, and yeah, yeah. I got I got blood work done um, with a naturopath. Okay, yeah. Um, but O negative, like that O negative. Um, Mike Tyson's the same. He went vegan and almost killed himself because he was poisoning himself every single day because he was a vegan. Fuck. So now he's gone back to to just and eating he's pure a meat. Million. Look at him now, bro. Yeah, I'm telling you. I, I don't. Yeah. I... I don't know about him fighting, but
0: it's – fuck. I just remember when I think it was someone, Andre, some- Andre, Andre Botha towards when he was like at the back end of Tyson's career, like just it was so sad seeing him like in the canvas and stuff like that, being such a big fan of him. but yeah.
1: Oh, fuck stepping in the ring with that bloke. But if someone said to you, Hey honey, you've uh I'll give you a hundred million, you yeah, can't do that. Yeah, yeah. We'll go no, we'll go play we'll, we'll go we'll go to a play a charity match and we'll give you a you know yeah yeah do you know what, what I mean? Like straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if you have you read Tyson's book? Uh which one? Undisputed truth. Undisputed yeah. truth, yeah. yeah. So like have you have you seen his live
0: his live show on that? No. Oh. Powerful, fuck me, and he's—he's like, yeah,
1: I love intense people, but he's intense. He's so intense, yeah. Um, so if you if you look at, um, obviously you know the you know post Castamado and the Don King era, he just fuck life away and money and so much money. So I guess the ability to- But to- he didn't find identity,
0: purpose, and belonging in any of that. No, definitely not. He found it in a kid coming off the streets and learning
1: the art of boxing. 100%. That's where he found it. Yeah. And, and, and he, it looks like he's found that again. Yeah, well, it's cool, right? Because um, because even Joe said to him, Joe's like, dude, it's so cool to see you- this mic again, like to see that fire in your eyes and who knows? To, he could come out and fucking kill,
0: kill who, who is he fighting? Roy Jones. Roy
1: Jones Jr. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I made a hundred percent like you, you. Like everyone's and have like, you seen Evander Holyfield? He's looking a million too. Shacked, yeah. Wow. He's yoked, dude. <laughs> he's so yoked, mate. I'll t- I'll have whatever he's having. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me two. <laughs> yeah. I'll take I'll take a double a double of that. But it is like it's you know we kind of um we, we got stripped of of the best part of Tyson because of who you know he's his childhood trauma still affecting him as as an adult. And the well, he world lost his Wayne Bennett, really, didn't he? One hundred percent, dude. Well, you look at like you, you, um, you know you play with Darius, and you look at Darius with Wayne and without Wayne, and it's and it's sad because people are so quick to throw Darius under the bus and shit on him. But he's like he's he's a human being. Like how can but you? But it's do- also what. what- we love the the power of story and and, and things like but you look at
0: uh, the karate kid Mr Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi. and yeah, yeah Daniel San well, yeah and Daniel son. Yeah. like you look at the the teacher and the student the the master and and, and the student it's, yeah. it's, it's 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 wonderful and but just adding the point there around nutrition on your mental health like people I don't know if people actually understand the connection between the gut and the brain that we've heard of the gut instinct yeah where does that come from? It comes from the connection to your stomach, to your brain. Well, there's the same plasmas in the gut that there is in the brain. In neurotransmitters. neurotransmitters. Yeah. So 75% of your serotonin, which is a neurochemical that makes you happy and, and, and regulates your moods, 75% of that is produced in your gut. So if you're pumping yourself full of shit, like gear, fucking rack, like like sugar – all these things. I'm not saying do do, do whatever floats your boat, but yep. having the understanding that what you put into your body is going to impact the way you think, and if it impacts the way you think, it's going to impact the way you behave. Well, mate, I'll have
1: to say and I know that from someone that's pumped a lot of shit into their yeah, body. mate, and 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 100 you back here. Like I um two weeks before I did I went I went full complete sobriety through um through most of June. Um had a big had a big night on a Saturday night on the second last weekend of June. And I was like, oh, I felt so good for four weeks. Like, why the fuck did I do that to myself? And then Dry July was coming, so I was like, Well, I'm just going to do Dry July. And now I still haven't had a drop of so alcohol. What's that? Uh, August September going into three months. Yeah, Fucking good on you, man. Yeah, and 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 then you you have a look at the catalyst. So you have a look at you have a drink. You're going to eat shit food the next day, dude. I was I was averaging like through that period where you know I was you know drinking most weekends. I was averaging twelve hundred dollars a month on Uber Eats. And I'm wondering why the bank wouldn't give me. I uh, think
0: mine's menu log as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you you, you kind of look at the the domino effect of. Okay, so look- But nachos with extra cheese, chili. Let's fire. go. Ooh. Let's go. Put let's the let's toilet go. paper in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, man. Like I look at the rest of my life and where it's 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 set up and gone to now with with TEM and with TDP, it's like the the clarity in everything that I have now because I don't have those domino effects of, okay, having a drink on a Friday night or, or a Saturday night, you somehow ended up in on a bag with someone, and then the next morning you, you're eating crap. You f- you don't feel good to Wednesday again, and then before you know it, Friday and Saturday comes again, and it's a continuous cycle. So my what I with my psychologist, I had to learn to live in the smorgasbord of normality, <laughs>
0: so to speak. I love that um, because I'm either at the the top of the roller coaster or or at the bottom. I'm with and, you, Dan. And yep. um, what what she learned though, those extreme behaviours in, in well how you do anything is how you do everything, everything yeah so it was learning to that you and I'm still learning it because I ruptured my pec trying to trying to lift heavier than what I should have been but it is about <laughs> learning to for me instead of saving it up and then going nuts for a night it's just coming home and just having maybe one beer or or, or two beers or and trying to be in that normality or you don't have to eat the 40 chicken wings, just eat 10. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you don't have to go and do 10 of these hills, just do two of them. Just do two of them, but yeah. do it more consistently. And, yeah. and I really try now in my life to implement the eighty twenty rule because I've obviously had a substance use issue, I've been to rehab, um, I've had issues with prescription medication uh, and all these different things. So I, I still have the urges, the thoughts, the the fuck, it'd just be easier if I just did this. But having those protective factors in place and 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 I, and I project exactly as you're saying, how am I going to feel the next day? Yep. And fuck, terrible. Yeah. And, and you go against everything you stand for, everything you've tried to work towards, and then you get back on the vicious cycle, beating yourself up, putting yourself back down, and then
1: it's like, fuck, I'm back here again. Are you ever going to fucking learn? Yeah. Yeah, like, 100%, man. And I guess – for me, um, yeah, you know, I'm very extreme as well. It's it's either we're we're either doing this or we're not doing this. Like uh, right. I, I'm I'm not, I'm not, you know, I didn't come here to you know came here, didn't come here to take part. I'm coming to take over. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's the whole Conor McGregor thing. So I know for me that <laughs> I'd like there's to
0: apologise. Yeah, yeah, fucking ab- nobody.
1: absolutely, fucking nobody. So I know that there is a certain group of people that I, I can't be around. I know I can't just have. One beer, one. It makes me feel like crap anyway. Like mm. I lost all four of my grandparents to alcoholism. I never really liked alcohol. Mm. I did it because footy, mates, whatever else. Like it was a part of our culture and a part of our, part of our, um, a part of our world. So I know for, for myself that I, I don't need it. I'm fucking high enough on life as <laughs> it is, dude. Mate, one hundred percent.
0: Well, I, I remember the the uh, the illicit drugs in and things like that. Like it'd do the opposite to me. It'd calm me down. 100%. And I would be at peace it would be the only time that I, I didn't have the head noise. Yep. And yeah, so it's it, it's I, like I exactly f- that. Do you really need it? Like, I found that like with I'm on tur- I got I got a VL turbo, but I'm I got
1: turbo the the thing on my computer. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm on turbo enough. <laughs> Mate, that that's me
0: nickname in the office. It's Turbo. Yeah,
1: well, we'll that um that whole concept around um most people finding rack to either not make an asshole of themselves because they drink too much, and most people do probably need it, um, or because they're trying to come out of themselves, I was like you. I actually became raw, vulnerable, and slowed down, mm. and that's why I liked it so much. Mm. That's why I liked it so much because it, it was like almost um, – what's that movie with Tom Cruise, The Minority Report, where he could oh, yeah. pull all the screens? It was like that for me. It was like I stopped and I could see Did you everything. Did you have the glove on? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> no, you know, the, he has the glove <laughs> yeah, when he does it. It would, be, it would be a bit creepy if I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, nah, but I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. And, and that was probably my thing with prescription medication, uh, in particular with Tremadol. Was um, was that was that through – like would that happen through footy? Well, it, I obviously introduced to it through obviously the, the 11, 12 surgeries I've had now. So wow. you, you, yep. you can't rupt, rupture an Achilles tendon or a conjoint tendon reconstruction or a shoulder reconstruction. You, you can't do those things without painkillers, so the first couple of weeks. and But during the time in particular in 2010 with the the Achilles tendon, you get introduced to painkillers and it's like, fuck, all oh, right, these feel pretty good. It's like, But all that shit from my past and upbringing, the domestic violence and, and the abuse and all that, it was there. It hit me like a ton of bricks and, and, and I hit rock bottom and, and I didn't know how to deal with it. But then- So how, how old would have you been now I was 20, then? I was 22 back then, so yes. it was nearly, what's that? I'm 34 now, so- 12 years ago. And it was like, all right, well, I'm going to take a little bit more because how you do anything is how you do everything. So I was like, yeah. instead of having two, I was having four, having six. And then I was, yeah, then like at my worst, I was having 10, 200 milligram tremendous a day. Wow. Where just to, and, but it was like nothing mattered. Like yep.
1: I didn't worry about the past, I didn't worry about footy, I didn't worry about fucking anything, but I was, I was nothing. And did I guess it would have, um, I guess it would have numbed the, the, I guess, the sight pain. But, but also, the But pain. the emotional pain And that's as exactly well. why I yeah. did it.
0: And that's how I see my old man, I guess, um, manage a lot of the, the challenges he went through. Um, but it's a short-term fix because over a six to eight-month period, it fucked me. Yeah. And I almost ended, didn't end up here. And yep. that was when, I guess, it got to the point where it was the conversation with my mum where she said, like, you're becoming your father. You need to get your shit together. Yeah, and that hit me for six. And yeah. then it was the conversation with Wayne where he just noticed I was off because I was the the, the bubbly guy, I was the life of the party, fucking like. But then I couldn't wear the mask anymore. No, nah. I couldn't because. I just couldn't. And how are you supposed to explain something to someone else when you don't understand it yourself? So I just come in. I was a shell of myself. And whether the players identified that or not, but Wayne did, and he started the conversation with me. But he didn't have a go at me. He didn't blow up at me. He didn't put me down. He didn't tell me to fucking harden up, and you got to have – you're supposed to be the the, the the front rower. And it wasn't any of that. He just said, hey, you traveling, and was there anything he could do to help me? And yeah. And that was that point in time where the penny dropped, where it was like, fuck, and I just broke down, man, and I shared things from him. With him from my past and my upbringing that I'd never shared with anybody. And there was no solution with that. There was no quick fix, but it was like, fuck.
1: I can breathe again it was like well, I got it out. Well, you'd shed you, like it was like having a barbell on your back and someone's come, come underneath the barbell with you to take yeah, it and, away. Yeah and
0: and yeah. from that it again shifted my perception even further but he he just said look you're in a you're you're in a bad place. He goes it's a little bit outside my expertise but uh let's let's get you the support that you need. Yeah. And from there that's when I did go to the Black Dog Institute with my wife and I I spent time there with a psychologist and a psychiatrist and
1: Got diagnosed type two bipolar, and kind of the rest is history. Because let's let's put this into context. Um, yeah, we've kind of gone around the other way, but you, you've you, you um you played at the St George Laura Dragons, the Mighty Red V, the Mighty Red V, my, my team. Um, ten years, nine years? ten I'd years, did, yeah, ten, nine years, one hundred and fifty games. Wow. Okay. Uh, so you. you you're a you're a good footballer, and you and you didn't play in a slouch team anyway. That uh-huh. that in those nine years, you had some decent players around you. Coops, some, Gaz, some, some of the best. Beniambi, yep. Dean yep. Young,
0: Ben Cray. Yeah, Darius Boyd, Brett Morris, Josh Morris played CCC some- with Ben Cray. Did you?
1: <laughs> I, I remember. I remember. The big Red. <laughs> I remember. I remember playing. He's my um, favourite player of all time, I remember, other than Paul Harrigan. I remember playing St Greg's Knockout, um, CCC. So he went to Edmund Rice, and um, I finished school at, at St John's at Nara. So D Cronulla, then we, and finished school down the coast, um, and we played Edmund Rice in the in the final from St Greg, in the St Greg's Knockout, and. Um, I think we ended up winning. I scored like four tries, but there was this monster of a centre, huge. Did he have a coat hanger in his massive. jumper? Massive. <laughs> and the funny thing was, was their coach DJ was, um, I think he was the flag coach at, at the Dragons, and he like like I, he was talking like he was talking to me after the game, and um, I was like, who's that guy? And he's like. It's his second year of rugby league. Yeah, he come from basketball. yeah, yeah, he come basketball, from basketball. Yeah, and he played at the university books. Yeah, mate, he <laughs> is an absolute, not only an absolute gentleman and an absolute he's an even be- better bloke, beautiful bloke. Yeah, but just an absolute savage of an athlete, savage. And it's and it used to really pain me because I I, I I got to play a bit of rep for, for, for football with Ben and and is that with I know what you are going to say here about the New, New
0: South Wales Queensland the fight thing that happened? Well, what because. People go, oh, he's a soft cock or whatever. That isn't Ben. No. Ben, ben doesn't show his toughness through fighting. No. He shows his toughness through – he has no cartilage in either knee for the, probably the last six or seven years of his career.
1: Dude, he had and, he had two knee reconstructions before he even started playing football from
0: basketball. What I used to watch Ben have to go through to get on the football field um, was he was a true leader. He, he was inspirational. And when anyone says who's the toughest person you've either played with or against – it's Ben Cray. Yeah, he and he's and he's one of my best mates. He's, Same thing with
1: Timo as well. Well, Timo, another yeah.
0: another exact reason they yeah. they. They're selfless. Yep. It's not about them. It's not about anything other than the team and, and them doing their part for the team. And I feel for Benny because, fuck, he went through some tough years at the Dragons when Pricey obviously took over from Wayne, yep. which was always going to be a tough task. And Benny was the captain and um, and, and we, we still had a decent team, but we weren't performing. And um, I, I just, yeah, he, he he's just, look. We would we have won that comp if we didn't have Ben Cray leading on that uh, inside shoulder of the four-man? no,
1: and Darius Boyd out the back, hundred percent, and then short, yeah. long to Brett Morris, yeah. Like, come yeah. on, man, they yeah.
0: fucking won that comp,
1: mate. I, I can tell you right now, like it was so, um, you know, I wanted to play at St George, and um, it was it was my dream to play there, and so you know, as I as I as I got older and you know, growing up in Cronulla, but I always went for the Dragons, and <laughs> yeah, fuck the Sharks, yeah, fuck the Sharks. For me, you know, you watch a team like um, like they had in the early two thousands with you know like Jason Riles and Bailey and stuff like that, like, and you are just like oh Jesus Christ, you know. And I'm not going to shit on Brownie because I like I love Brownie. He's he's an awesome guy, but it's like that team should have won four premierships. Do you know what I mean? Like it should have been. So when that when that premiership came, I think a lot of fans were were exactly the same. Yeah, it was, it was a pressure valve released. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it was very special. And, and look. But that left side, Jesus oh. Christ! There was nothing more beautiful than that left side, and you you learn when you're younger playing football that defense wins football. Like your for and against was just perfect. Well, you look at Coops uh, on the other side; like his defense <laughs> it was it was yeah. it was impeccable. And
0: I, I like uh, I'll show you upstairs before you leave. I, I, it's, my missus calls it the shrine, but all, all the stuff up there um, from from when I did play. But um, the the period of time in 2010 when I missed the grand final through injury, it was, it, it rattled me because like I was the starting prop, I was playing the best footy in my career. Yeah. I was fucking Verge of Origin and it was, yep. and then I didn't play in that game and it was like, it was like you were kind of death riding them, but you were so happy for him, but you weren't a part of it. But you kind of would have experienced what Steve Price felt at well, the dogs. And I was only 22 at the time, man, and I wasn't in the best headspace then. But now that I look back, it was, I was a part of it. 100% I you didn't were. play in that game and but I couldn't everyone else acknowledged that but me yeah. and and that I think comes down to a selfish aspect of myself it was yeah. all about me the victim mentality which I learned but um after that game like I've never never really told anyone but Mark Gasnier come up and gave me his premiership ring you're kidding yeah he, he put it put it in my pocket and said this is cuz he come back from overseas halfway through the season yeah and he gave that to me um but I, I snuck it back in his bag and 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 texted him and said it's in your bag like I'm not taking your premiership ring shimmy shimmy whoosh. but then the the next week we come in and we're doing whatever we're doing and um Wayne pulled me in his office and he he actually he he passed me a premiership ring and he went and got one for me that's so, so beautiful dude that's um yeah. That that's just the the testament to the team that we had and, and, and what we did and and I, I actually it wasn't until last year that I actually put that premiership ring on on Premiership Day and, and and recognized it. I put a post up on social media where that ring doesn't represent the grand final for me. No. That ring represents the struggle that I went through and where I'm at now and being able to overcome that. That's yeah. what that ring represents for yeah. me. And and I'm proud to wear it. And I couldn't
1: give a fuck what anyone else thinks about it. So No, mate. It's um you know, look, at the end of the day, um there's what? Twenty how how many games? Twenty seven games to the grand final? Twenty six. Twenty semis. So yeah, yeah twenty seven, eight, nine, yeah, probably thirty games. Grand final days the thirty. Mate, the the that that team wouldn't have been the same without you. And and look at the end of the day, if you've got a, a reflection tool and you know it might be ten, you know, ten years later that you actually look at it and go, I fucking earned that. That's yeah. mine. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's that that it's just a, a period of your life where you've gone through your journey to appreciate what you've actually done, and just stop being so hard on yourself. Yeah, yeah. and and look, but that comes back to what we we're talking
0: about before that—judging yourself for, for what you, you you know now for, for back then. Yeah. Um, and and I think look, that that was part of that footy culture. It's like it's fucking cutthroat. Like if you're not performing or you you didn't do it, like you you kind of nothing. Yep. But when you get out of footy, you, you realize like that that's that's just so part, of, part of the bubble. But yeah, um, there's a whole other world out, out outside of footy and yeah like digressing again but it was I loved footy it it was probably a period of my life that I loved that much but I never want to do again so to speak yeah Um, but everything that it taught me everything that it gave me um, helped me to be able to create what we're doing now and be able to give back like to to what we're doing like For example, unfortunately, we've had five suicides down here on the south coast Um, uh, and and, and from some of the the, the local footy teams like Jeringong, the the Lions, Lions, the Climber Knights, the Jamboree Superoos, uh, and it's rattled the community. But now that we've got what we do, we're able to provide now awareness, education, training, resources to these clubs for free. Yeah, awesome. So we're giving that to them to give back to a game that saved me yeah they help me well that's um, that was but, what but these they don't have the resources to do that hundred percent not and, and and should they not get it because they don't have the resources
1: mate when I, I remember coming from because I lived on on the Gold Coast for, for eight years then I moved back down to, to, to Sydney as a 14 year old you know teenager and even just the magnitude of our junior rugby league clubs in Queensland versus here like my junior rugby league club at Southport at the Tigers was like a mini casino and then my <laughs> and then at DeLa at Cronulla. Mate, it was a fucking a garden shed up on the Gold Coast, and that's one thing that that like I really struggled with for a long time was like, why? Why is there no like like New South Wales is the the heartland of of football. These regional places have produced the most amazing footballers. What is going on? Like, what is going on here? And and it's amazing. It's very, good, very good question. Yeah, and and that's you know I guess you know going back to what you you know you said before and using your um. You know your your platform as an athlete and what you went through as an athlete to create what you've got now. Like this this podcast is called "Let's Get to the Point." You know, to the point podcast. The point that I wanted to make was what you learn as an athlete. that ath- why it's called to the point. Yeah, hundred <laughs> like percent. Yeah. That. So get to the fucking point. <laughs> yeah. Well, the point that I wanted to get to was how you utilize your time as a professional athlete and having people like Wayne in your life and your wife and you know coming into your life. How you utilize that time. And how you've you you know implemented into your business, and then what you're giving back into your business, because obviously you've come from a game that is very very hard on you physically and mentally, but it also was quite fruitful for you. Do you know what I mean? One hundred percent. And then it's you know how you've how you've you've utilized that and transition you know, transitioned into your business, and then your whole business is about giving back hmm. and about educating.
0: It's, and it's it, it is, and it's also about trying to change the system change the way in which it's always been done in this mental health space uh, because the way it's always been done is very reactive and, and it has to be in terms of suicide yep. management, in terms of mental illness, chronic mental illness, uh, crises and all those things. We, we, we've got the infrastructure there. But what about – so mental illness affects approximately 20% of the Australian population in any wow. 12-month period. Yeah. But what about the other 80% of people that are just managing their mental health?
1: Yeah. Because there, there's there, a big difference between that, right? There yeah? is, but yeah. there's
0: not a whole lot of stuff out there around the proactive early intervention, managing your mental health. Because whether you've got a mental illness or not, you've still got a mental health. Hundred percent. People get the terminology so wrong. You'll see, oh, he or she's been diagnosed with mental health. No, he or she's been diagnosed with mental illness. Illness, yeah. If you've got a brain in your head, you've got a mental health. And, and but I've had people literally, I leave a workshop and they go, "Fuck, man, thanks for letting me know I've got a mental health." I'm like, really? They had no idea that mental health affected them. Yep. So how are you supposed to look after something if you don't even think that it affects you?
1: Mate, 100%. It's just like anything, right? Like it's- um it's like the, the 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 fuel in your car. Do you know what I mean? The servicing, hundred percent. It, it's like you know you you you've got to change oil. You got to make sure you get filters changed because at the end of the day, if if all that doesn't work, then you start you know fuel consumption and then stuff starts to break and overheat. So yep. yeah, uh, you're definitely right. And the the misconception of mental illness and mental health is very very different. But just like our physical health, it's the same thing for our brain. It's like you know sometimes when you're too flexed. Maybe you shouldn't go out and have a beer or over-pump over yourself and do 10 hills. Maybe go out and just walk around with the dogs. Correct. Yeah, so. But the, the
0: thing about it is we've learned so much about how to manage our men- physical health, we haven't learned as much to manage our mental health. And managing your physical health helps manage your mental health. But it's only one component, then. Correct. Yeah. But the thing about managing your mental health, because – It is such a long journey to I guess the you look at both the journeys yourself and I have been on, but it does take time. But the whole thing about it is is understanding that when you struggle mentally, it is okay. But it is also okay to seek support. That's the thing. In particular as blokes, as alpha males, as fucking it's a pissing contest or like that's that's why I didn't seek or talk about how I was feeling. It was because of the stereotype, the judgment the, the way I was brought yeah. up. Get on with it. Get over it and harden up. If, yeah. if if you got a weakness, you don't fucking show anyone else that. Yeah. Because they'll use that against you. Yeah. And so you just you grit your teeth and you keep going through. And yeah. But that was conducive to football. Because it fucking made me a better player. Yeah. But then when you're battling and struggling mentally, it's not conducive. That does not work. Yeah. Vulnerability is the antidote to struggle. 100%. Yeah. Um, When that pendulum's swinging way too far to the- But how you (laughs) do anything is how you do everything. So how can you be cutthroat and ruthless at training and on the field, but then be vulnerable when it comes to like That can be done. Yeah. But- if you don't know how...
1: But then I guess that that's when elements of, like, substance and stuff like that does come into it because those substances, as, you know, we spoke about before, does give you that false sense of vulnerability... Well, the thing
0: about it is, if you understand uh, MDMA and where that come from, that come from a, a doctor that created it to. Assist, Have you
1: seen the documentary to, yeah, on that to assist yeah. with
0: um, uh, patients that are struggling with PTSD? PTSD, yeah, because it, it, it does open up vulnerability. And if you've ever had MDMA, you mate, you, you could make best friends with the light post next year <laughs> yeah. and talk to her for the next eight hours. <laughs> yeah. So it, it yeah. but that was it was for a therapeutic use. Yeah, but then obviously it. It got taken to what it did, and, and then we had ecstasy in the 80s. It was the ecstasy was legal, yeah, up until I think I don't know it was late 80s where it became a schedule four or five drug, yeah, because but, it impacted on big pharma, correct? Yeah, well, that's another podcast,
1: yeah, yeah, um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, the uh, it's it's definitely um,
1: yeah, like that, that therapeutic use of that, but it was obviously taken out of context, yeah. Well, they, um, they reckon like in um, uh, Rogan and Tyson were talking about it was the um, microdosing of psilocybin like mushrooms mm. like yep. for um, you know like ptsd and stuff like that and also for for mdma again it's like well if you're having a heap of it you're going to have a big high big glow mm. but you know if if there is it's a done with the professionals and yeah,
0: yeah. but yeah. don't do anything without consulting your your health professionals uh, but yeah look the the i guess the, the drug thing as well it's um yeah look a lot of people are against it and things like that, but the, nearly 5% of the Australian population have a substance use disorder. Yep. And you think, oh, that's not that many. Well, what do we got, 25 million people in Australia? Yeah. That's a lot of fucking people. Adds up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then how many of those people are actually not getting diagnosed or that are just self-medicating? Yep. Um, and the, the thing that I've really got into – Uh, I guess obviously studying it, but um, in particular we did some – I just did a little bit of some further research um, when COVID happened because 75% of the Australian population is now drinking more to deal with the additional
1: stress.
0: (laughs) So giving people an understanding the correlation between self-medication, substance use, and addiction because they're three things that are obviously very very much correlated. But self-medication can be done without substance. So we can self-medicate with food with social media, yeah. uh, with exercise, yeah, uh, well, with, it's with it's anything. It's just getting like that dopamine hit, right? Correct. Yep. So you, you self-medicate to make yourself feel better, to de-stress, de-load, whatever it may be. But self-medication can become addictive and- you look at things like people can be addicted to sugar, addicted to sex, ad- addicted to, to so many other things other than substance. Yeah. But then when you bring substance into it and you self-medicate with substance, so drugs, alcohol, uh, and, and things like that, prescription medication, gambling's obviously not a substance, but the self-medication with gambling yeah. then addiction, yep. but it can it becomes a very slippery slope. So one thing I learned in rehab was that it wasn't so much the substance that I was using – it was the reason behind why I was using, using it. it yeah. So for me, yeah, it was the the, the opiates and, and then mixing it with the, the illicit drugs and all those different things, but the detox and, and things, you wouldn't wish upon anyone. But when you started to ask yourself the tough questions of why do you need to escape reality? Why? What pain are you numbing? Yeah. And that was a process to extract that out with the professionals, but yep. learning it was, it was the trauma. It was the fear of failure. It was these schemas that were embedded into my conditioning from fucking birth. Yeah. And until I understood that, it was I was never going to be able to, I guess, manage the the substance use. And then once I was able to understand that, acknowledge that, and then learn to process that, I still have a beer t- to this day. Yeah, uh, I had surgery fucking twenty weeks ago, and I had to use painkillers, but I used them the way they were supposed to be used because yep. I didn't need to numb the pain. Because if, if
1: you look at the rest of your life, your rest correct. of your life is, is amazing. Yeah,
0: correct. So it, it's it, it, and it's not that easy. I'm not saying that it's that easy because I still have the thoughts and everything like that. And I've got no false illusion that I could fall off the wagon. And, 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 and I'm not afraid of that because well, you said before we're human. Yeah. But I'm not afraid of that. Cause I know that I've got the skills, the tools, the supports to be to able support. to work through it. Um, but I just, I don't even know why I started talking about that, but, um, I guess that's the beauty of a podcast, but it's about understanding, yeah, self-medication is okay, but when it can start to become addictive or the substance use or you can't cut back or it's affecting your family, it's affecting the law, uh, it's affecting your health, yeah, it's affecting your livelihood, yep. that's when you need to start addressing it because
1: it, it's fucking damaging. Mate, 100%. Look, I I, I even see um, with with certain people in my life and – um, you know they've gone from professional athletes uh, looking a certain way or performing a certain way, and then you know they're not having that output, so the input starts becoming less and less and less. You know whether it be with food or you know whatever else, and and it was it's quite crazy. Like from from that perspective, when I stopped drinking uh, in June, now like obviously Newcastle is a mining ta- is a mining town, blue collar working town, and. I've actually stopped and looked around. Looked around my hometown where I live now, and I'm there's a fucking pub on every corner, dude. And it's well, you go so to country towns, and there's about eight pubs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's more pubs than people. Well, it's like you I'm now that I'm not drinking, I'm like, holy crap! I never realised how many places there are to drink in this place. Like it's 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 absolutely insane. Um, and you know, you look at the the culture, and it's like okay. Hard days work. You finish your heart. I look at most of my trading mates and go, "How have you flogged yourself? Become absolutely. You've gotten rid of every single piece of electrolyte that you have, and your first thing that you want to put into your body is beer to make you more dehydrated. <laughs> There's nothing
0: wrong with a nice cold schooner, but yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying. Um, but it, it's like it's that culture the, thing, right? Mate, but some of those mining jobs I see on the continuous miner, we go underground in mean, there. F- they would be banging three, four thousand calories a day, easy. Yeah, with the, the with the like the the work that they're doing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's nuts. So, um, some of the comp- what does pub
1: stand for? I got no. Someone idea. Someone told me the other day, and I think it's, it's because like you're public something. I think it's because the owner becomes becomes the public. Name. Nah, there's there's an actual name. It's oh, like an I acronym. It up on, yeah, it, it was. Yeah keep going'll I'll google it yeah no I'll, I'll, I'll do it Jamie yeah yeah thanks Jamie um yeah no I'll, I'll more so just back into the the MHM stuff. Um, with the the mining companies and the companies that you do work for, because you, you're you're with frontline soldiers every day, right? You're, you're presenting yep. to the guys that are that are on the ground, underground. Um, what's um what what is a a major thing that you guys actually do see with that sort of stuff? Do you guys like if you're talking about lifestyles and stuff like that? What's what's a a, a real like like a, a general concept that you see? in that industry across the, the board when you are presenting to these guys? Look, we,
0: we uh, yeah, a, a lot of our
1: clients are in mining and, and
0: a lot of them out in the Hunter Valley. Um, and I have got so much respect uh, for, for what the, the the miners do, the hard rock, the coal mining, uh, the open cut. Um, and, look, uh, that was kind of where I got my baptism of fire. And it was very, very scary coming to a mining site because they're very similar to a rugby league culture. It's... it's take the piss, fucking work hard, have a beer together. Yeah. So uh, uh, I could relate and, and connect, uh, but it was very confronting because it's like you're an outsider coming in yeah, and you're kind of like, who the fuck's this player? Who the <laughs> fuck, he plays footy? Who the fuck's he think he is? Yeah, But then you go in there and, like what I said, vulnerability is freedom. Vulnerability connects and it's like, oh, fuck, this, this guy's actually been real. He's not coming in here preaching or spurting. He's just fucking telling his story. Yeah. and. That, yeah, the, I, I love the mining environment. I, I love the, the, the people within that because they're, they're, they're my kind of people. Yeah. Right? And, and just the way I've been able to connect with each and every one of them. Um, we're lucky that we've got the local mines around here in, uh, down in Wollongong in the Illawarra and South Coast. And, um, yeah, like, as, as – as conf- like, to, to stand up in front of anyone's hard enough, but oh, to stand up in front yeah. of 150 miners kitted up ready to go underground with their light hats on, looking at you like this at 5am, yeah. it's like, fuck, no one's listening to me here. They're all listening.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um,
0: and, and the best part of it is, is when you get to go underground with them and it's- you're in their environment. You become fun, one of them. They open up. Yeah, right? and 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 it's beautiful. And that and that's the the key in what we do is we we connect, but then we, we come to we we get on your level with you. Yeah, and, and we educate very clear, simply, and effective. I always go if I can, if Trent Merrin could understand what we're talking about, anyone could. could yeah, <laughs> but you've got to keep things clear, simple, and effective, in yep. particular in the mental health space. Why make a complicated topic more complicated? Oh, made a hundred percent. And a lot of clinical people do. Yeah, fucking make it simple.
1: That's that, why we've got those the continuum, the cup, the baseline. Simple things to to understand. Well, I guess um, you know, back to your point, a psychologist or or a clinical specialist would be so confronting to 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 Joe at Cobar. You know what I mean? Who goes underground every day? Who you know, his dad was abusive. Who probably or, can't or, or,
0: even talk to his missus. Let alone a fucking
1: psychologist. made a hundred percent. So to have someone like yourself go in there and go. Hey, my name's Dan. You might remember me from the St. George of Laura Dragons. Uh, I actually, you know, grew up like this. I'm, I'm not too sure what your, your, your intro pitch is. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you know those guys at five o'clock in the morning with their light hats on, with their arms folded, going "Who the fuck's this guy?" Uh, then go, then go. Oh, hold on a second. I've got. Well, that's exactly yeah. what I say. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'm Dan, former
0: NRL player, but I've typed two bipolar. I've got a mental illness. I know what it's like to struggle, but yeah. I also know what it's like to be able to better manage it. Yeah. And they're like. The whole room changes. Um, and then the ability, you share your story, but the most the most important part, but the thing that I guess uh, is why I do what I do is because you get to change people's perceptions. That's crazy. And when you can change someone's perception, you can change their outcome. Yeah. So the difference is that they're not going to be fucking a mental health professional after we work with them, but they are going to be uh, have enough now to know that if they're battling or they're having
1: suicidal thoughts or they're struggling – They'll know what to do. Well, mate, the the way I I um I explain it to people, you know, with the mental health stuff is, um, do you remember playing Street Fighter and you yeah. got your little bar of health at the top? Brilliant. That's what you. That's G- what continuum you, up there. That's what you. That's what your your little life looks like. And I guess if you can paint that that you know give deliver that message and paint that picture to, um, you know, Joe, you know, going down the mines. Um, then he's going to be a lot more aware of that and get a, have a better quality of life. Well,
0: I'll give you an example. So we we one of the tangible tools that we give people is called the mental health cup. I made it up. It's not rocket science. All I did was put the words mental health in front of the word cup. Cup. <laughs> yeah. So fuck, if you can't work that out. Yeah. So the cup represents your mental health. The water going in the cup represents the change, challenge, and adversity, the shit we go through in life that fills up our cup. Work, relationships, finances, kids, illness, trauma, grief, loss, isolation, COVID, fuck you, all of the above. Yep. Eventually, our cup's going to fill up and it's going to overflow. overflow yep. yeah. And some people have got a shot glass. Some people got a swimming pool. I used to have a shot glass and I couldn't deal with much and it was full from my past. So <laughs> I'd be driving home in traffic- Someone had cut me off. I'd want to fucking kill him. I'd get home. My missus would say one thing to me. I'd fly off at the handle because my shot glass was full. I yep. couldn't deal with the little things. Yep. I now got a bucket so I can deal and cope with a lot more. Yep. But the the key or the point that I'm trying to say is a bloke come out of the pit. The, one of the, the, the shift bosses told us. he come out of the pit and he goes, fuck, my mental health cup is full today. Wow. And the lads like got around him, had a chat with him. But is he likely to come out and say, geez, my mental health is really bad today? <laughs> But because we've given that clear, simple tool and language, yep. it's like they use it. And at the sh- at the sh- pre starts, we've got our continuum flag up in the the muster room, and the shift boss will go, "Where are we on the continuum today, lads? Okay, fuck if you're in the red or the orange, come and have a chat to us, yeah, and, and, and we'll sort some things out. But just make sure we're checking in before we go underground. Like that's our language. But we've just they're talking about it in in
1: pre starts in so, toolbox talks. I love it. see this, and this is why you know. I love what you do, mate. And I just, I love speaking to you. I I always think about, because obviously
0: every man, like everyone's jumped on the podcast bandwagon, but I don't think you necessarily do a podcast for other people. No. I think a lot of part of it is doing it for yourself because how often do you get to man to man, have a conversation like this? Mate, 100%. Unless you're probably two bags deep. Yep. You know what I mean? We're, We're... both sober as a judge, both fucking doing good things on the straight and narrow, got good things going on in our lives, but you're having an open, honest conversation. It's like-
1: And I drove for three hours to get here It's too. like
0: the mic and the headphones, I don't know, it's like a bit of a, a protective armor in a way.
1: Well, it's kind of like you you go into your own little realm, Dan, you know, yeah. it's just you and I, I can hear you, you can hear me, and it's like nothing else matters. It's, 100%. Yeah. And- Well, the context
0: of that is you. you, All the outside stimuli and noise is gone, so you're just in that moment. So I I can see why Rogan fucking does. I think he does one every day of the week, doesn't
1: he? These days. Well, if you're on if you're on a hundred grand an episode, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be bad to do do something cool like this, man. Do you reckon, like? Because I know that that Tim Ferriss
0: wrote a book, The Tools of Titans. I've read it for yep. all the people that he's podcasted. Imagine if Rogan did a book like that. Like he, you could do a, a degree of life yeah. from his. Like I've listened. What's he up to? Probably fourteen or fifteen hundred. I reckon I've 1500s. listened to at least six yeah. or seven hundred of them. Yeah, like the Neil deGrasse Tyson's, the Elon Musk, the Jordan Peterson's, the yeah. um, yeah. Doctor Rhonda Patrick, Rhonda, Rhonda Patrick. Yeah. Um, what's the the other dude? He, he's out of Sons of Anarchy, but. It, Henry Rollinson. Rollinson. he's he's brilliant. Henry Rollins from Black Flag. Henry Rollins, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I was even listening to the one with. Post Malone the other day, like
1: he was actually all right. But that, that's the um, that's a that's a real cool thing about this platform, right? So it's like I guess people would have their own perception of me, and they definitely have you, their own perception of you. You know what I mean? So of
0: people are there that dislike me, but that's fine.
1: But oh, mate, a hundred percent. But I guess uh, even just a, a conception of, oh, he's just a big meathead who earned money playing football. But it's like, well, now you understand the depths of Dan Hunt. And you understand, oh, and yeah, yeah. But I guess the you know you, you look at the amazing things that you're doing in this world, and dude, if I I encourage you to start a podcast, and if you mm. want to start a podcast, I will I'll give you the list on on how to start that and help you do it because Mate, that'd be outstanding. I think you'd be doing a disservice to this world if you didn't probably start one.
0: <laughs> no, nah, mate, I am uh, very envious of what you've you've been able to do even just watching your setup and and stuff like that. It, it it's brilliant. It's um the thing I guess what podcasting does as well, it, it connects it connects the world with with people's stories. Yeah. And people's insights and what 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 I find as well and, and I encourage all our facilitators and I encourage anyone, uh if if you're out there like Joe Rogan's probably the one that that I follow the most, um and I have been probably for the last seven years, but when you and books are the same, but reading books uh, and, and listening to other people's stories and journeys and insights, it's not that you, you, you take everything on board, but you take what fits for you and what works for you. But then you can intertextualize that into our workshops and, and then you back it up because if they're credible people with the research and, and the literature and, and these things, and what's what's been passed on the most from the dawn of time?
1: Yeah, knowledge. Other
0: than genetics,
1: knowledge knowledge yeah. and how has knowledge been passed on scripture writing stories yep, yep. stories, yep. stories. Yep. yep well that's the, that's a real cool thing that i've um i well, i said this in episode 1 um I, I said you know i I went down this path, but I remember a conversation with you Dan. you and I were texting each other, and we were sharing books with each other and oh, it was yeah. like this the kind Shock of like one one yeah, yeah this like backwards and for this backwards and forwards of like us just having this like little kick it was like two little yeah. two oh, kids uh, that had two g i Joes yeah. you know what I mean like <laughs> well, it, was, it was A couple of these yeah, yeah 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 and nah. And, and that's 100%. it. Yeah, like, Yeah, and um, I said in um, – that's what I was alluding to back to, to, to pod episode one was that I've listened to days if not weeks of hours of podcasting and I may have taken 10 or 15 points from that, but I've implemented those. I've, I've heard them. They've resonated with me and I've implemented them into my life. But I would have never, ever, ever gotten those points if I didn't listen to them or if I didn't read them. 100%. And, and you wouldn't have got the peak over the fence. Yeah, 100%. And that's um that's that's the amazing thing about these tools. Um, I know you're a reader. I'm an audiobook guy because like, that's the way I learn. I spend a lot of time in the car traveling, so I listen to audiobooks. Um, I only like the ones when it's the actual writer speak, like doing the voice. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Otherwise, yeah. it's
0: like, fuck, you're just reading someone else's book.
1: Yeah. Well, that was the cool thing about one, Goggins' one because Goggins – He got someone else to do his, didn't he? But he did it as a podcast. So at the end of every chapter, they'd have a debrief and a podcast that, on it. Is that – um? Oh, what's his book? You, Can't you Can't Hurt Me. You Can't Hurt Me. Yeah. yeah. So that's yep. like a podcast Dude, audio the, book. the audio so book a So I read is, it. Is I might a podca- it again. Mate, you, the, the ghost writer who reads it or the guy who reads it – so they'll finish ch- chapter two and they'll be like, and they'll be like, "Wow, dude, I can't believe you did." And he'll be like, "Yeah, man, fuck it, you know, like he Goggins yeah. straight into it, and he articulates on that on that passage and, yeah. and on that um that chapter of the book. I think what a lot of people with Goggins,
0: um, David Goggins, if no one knows the story, I'm not going to go into it. But um, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you would know who he is, but. People take a lot of what he says out of context. They're like, well, if I can, can't go and run 100 miles and oh, I can't do this and oh, I can't go and do five Navy SEAL camps, and that's not what he's saying. No. He's saying to find what your Navy SEAL camp is. Find yeah. what your 100 mile is, and your 100 mile is if you are managing a chronic mental illness, it might just be to get up and go and have a shower. 100%. It might just be to make your bed. Make your bed. 100%. It might just be to brush your teeth that day or take your medication or speak to your clinical support. That's that's the context in what he's talking about is that as much as you don't feel like doing something, just doing something. 100%. And, 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 I learned like that uh, from Tim Ferriss,
1: man. Yeah, and there's simplicity in that. Well, that's the four-hour work week. Four, four-hour work week. Yeah. If, the, if, the, if the, the start of- um and, and it, it trans transitions into my um rule of 2021 20, with my with my N L P T specialist is that if it's starting to make your bed every morning, just get up and just make the bed. Get up and make the bed. That becomes a habit. Correct. And then that's and but at least you've got one posture. One thing of success for the day. You go, dude, I got up and made the fucking bed. Like Yeah. I've started on a high.
0: Well and, and I look at I uh, I probably got I drum this probably. It's probably part of Chris Houston, one of one of my uh, teammates. He, he calls it OCD because <laughs> I'm very OCD <laughs> as you can see with things. But um, I, I'm big on the way you look, like you look after yourself, the way you look after your house, your car, your, your lawns, uh, your relationship. I'm a big believer is like if you can if you can put your clothes away, if you can uh, wash and groom yourself uh, in, in a good way, it's a stepping stone to being better. Dude, how you do anything is how you yeah, do everything. Yeah, I, I just – there is something – and look, that might be part of my mental health, uh, my mental illness, but if you've got a clean house, the lawns are done, the 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 the, the washing's done, your, your clothes are away, and then you, you start your week, your car's clean, you,
1: you start that week, it's like,
0: fuck, I'm feeling fresh and ready to go.
1: See, this is um, – You know what I mean? This that's is that's- where you and I are so similar. Like, I came from – you know, a very, very, very bad environment. Most people who, you know, if you'd listen to this, you would know. Um, I come from, you know, crackhead. Like my, both of my parents were heroin addicts. They couldn't even look after themselves, let alone look after the house. So a big OCD thing for me was... Like, looking after your shit. Everything's perfect, dude. Like, yep. my car gets detailed every week. Yep. My, you know, my, like, everything that I own is in order. It's in, you know, sometimes in color order. And then I look at my, like, my partner, and I'm not shitting on Lucy here, but it's like, her her family are just so loving and carefree and humble that they don't sweat the small shit. Mm. And it doesn't make them, like, they're all high a high-achieving family, but- they don't really care about like you, like you, you cut. See, I don't sweat the big shit. Yeah, but I sweat like I'm like you. Yeah. Like,
0: you sweat the small stuff. Yeah. but I
1: know if the small shit's sweet,
0: the big shit'll work itself out.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I remember when um, like Lucy's Lucy's mum will come over and she's like, she's like, "Am I allowed?" Dallas to is back at it again. Am, am I allowed to sit on the lounge? It's like being in a display home.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but my, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And the thing about it is. Oh, like I've worked hard and and and, and I've got it, been able to provide my family with a nice house now but growing up we we didn't necessarily have that but what I did have was still it was immaculate what I did have Yeah. and it wasn't much but it was like uh even yeah I used to get a, a fucking haircut like Paul Harrigan the flat top like just I just yeah I'm very pedantic
1: with those things but yeah. well I'm I'm going to th- I'm going I'm going to throw it back to to the childhood thing and obviously we're in the room now And your beautiful wife restored the second, or your one of your second, third loves of yours, which is in the driveway when I when I rocked up here. Your your beautiful VL. Um, It it, was that a car that you seen when you were a kid and went, wow, I love that car.
0: Originally, uh, like my dad and my brother are big car car people. My dad. Obviously, doesn't have them now. Um, not that I've got a relationship with him, but he used to have like the GT Phase Three Falcon. He'd have a uh, an A9X Tirana and a, a GTR XU One. Um, all the like muscle so cars. You just you, it rubs off on you, and then obviously with the music, like the Led Zeppelins, the the Who, the like all, all those uh, like those bands, the Nirvanas, all that growing up and, and that pop culture you, you, you learn. So I always had that ingrained into me and uh, my brother's a, 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 a amazing what he can do with a, a, a car but when I, I left home at 16, 17 I think and – went out on my own, like my own. Um, and, and, I used to work at Woolworths. I used to do the fruit and veg. Um, I was the produce boy there at Dapto Woolworths for about six years <laughs> <Shout> Bef- <out. laughs> before I, before I went into, uh, to first grade, but you earn your own money. And I was always, I, I, I didn't have much growing up, so I saved it. And I did have a VL back then. Um, and we do so many different things on it. You'd, yeah, you'd, you'd cut the springs, you'd have your rims, you'd do all those different things. And, um, but, yeah, obviously things happen. You get rid of it. You sell it. Um, and then, yeah, I was always wanted to have a VL Calais back, always wanted to. So uh, it was probably I bought it about two and a half years ago. I, I found one. I was trolling Facebook groups and uh, fucking eBay. Mate, they're and, they're and, so hard yeah. to find now. And I found one. I got it for a decent price. It, it did need some work. So um, my, my mechanic mate was... Uh, Sort of been just chipping away at it, putting it together and finding parts here and doing this and doing everything like that. And is it RB26? RB30. RB30. Yeah. Ooh. So I was going to um, absolutely molest it and put like a, a LS3 with a Vortex supercharger <laughs> on it and a two speed power glide. And he goes, do not do that. Yeah. He goes, Original. original, keep it original, mate. That that thing that thing would be worth eighty grand now. I got yeah, very very close, and yep. I, I just uh, I just kept it original, and yeah, my wife surprised me on uh, Father's Day, um, getting getting it back. I had no idea. I thought I was picking it up in a couple of weeks' time, um, but I come out and it was uh, it was there. I still had to pay for it, but yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah. But what, what's mine is hers, and what's hers is mine. But um, yeah, it was. Like, that Sunday we went up to – we went for a drive around Bondi and driving through Vaucluse in the VL Calais, like a (laughs) seat reclined, but – um, yeah, it just brought back so many memories, mate. And uh, it, it's always on big on don't
1: forget where you come from. Yeah. Um, well, mine's mine's the walk. Mine's the VL walking Oh, the the, the arrow with the blue. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's my. Um, I said to to, to my partner Fuck, like, you you up around the two hundreds now. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. For a HGT like yeah, original. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's always been my um. That's like people are like you know. Well, you just need to sign the next JT and you'll be sweet, mate. We'll look at the end of the day. I I, I do believe that if you do something that you love, the money will come hundred percent. Um, and be passionate about it, and um, yeah, I can see us in it maybe in about five or ten years' time doing some happy laps around Bondi and everything else. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. No, it's a yeah.
0: There's definitely um. What's the the word that they say? Uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia. It was, yeah.
1: uh, it, it was definitely plenty of that and. Um, well, it was a beautiful thing to watch, man. Like, uh, like, uh, like social media definitely has so many, um, like, pain and bad points and dark points to it. But to to watch, to to see the, those photos come through and, well, and know how much that meant to well, you. The I, funny I, it thing hit is, me. I just put it up because I was so happy. I was
0: sitting down there in my Trail camping chair, having a beer, just staring <laughs> at it. And I put the photos up on LinkedIn. It had eighty five thousand views. Wow. Like people, I wish they fucking liked our mental health stuff that yeah. much. Like, I didn't know an old VL would get so much traction. I was just like, fuck it. Mate,
1: you might have to start rocking up to the mine sites in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the funny thing about that is,
0: though, our next door neighbor across the road, he's a Ford man, loves his Fords. And I've just been saying, yeah, I'm getting the VL back, getting the VL back. And anyway, I was out hosing on Saturday. Yeah, which is before our uh, Father's Day, and he's come over and he's just saying, Get and I said, Yeah, get me VL back in a couple of weeks. And he's like, Oh, yeah. Uh, but little but did I know my missus had parked it in his garage? Wow. For the surprise. Wow. And then I'll, so then
1: I just give it to him. I go, Mate, that garage has never seen such a good car. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of shit, Fords. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely gold. Yeah, well, mate, um, I'm gonna wrap this up because I, I know you've you, you've got a you're a busy man, you have got a busy schedule. Um, again, thank you very much for sharing everything with me. Uh, this is probably one of many that I'd like to do with you. Cause- oh, mate, we'll,
0: well, it won't be the only one. Yeah, we've got a fair bit of work coming up in Yui, so yeah, uh, whenever we're up there next,
1: we'll we'll get to your house, mate. Mate, I'd love. We'll to- stand up and do it so we don't sit on your lounge. Yeah. <laughs> And mate, look, obviously, like I'd love to get the uh, get the crew on as well. And- mate, the boys will be more than happy to. You yep. got uh, Brett, Ashton, and Chris all got uh, really, really good stories. Yeah,
0: um, Brett's one will hit it out of the park with his attack by the shark. Yep, his great white shark and survived.
1: Yep. It's fucking nuts that story. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, mate, I-, I guess you know there's there's a commonality in in in, in your team, and and that's all um, people who have. Um, survive some pretty catastrophic events and and come out through the other end and it's a a beautiful thing to see. You guys are doing absolutely amazing things in the community um, and especially in industries like mining Um, and there needs to be definitely more Dan Hunts in the world. Um, Thanks, and I'm 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 very happy and proud to call you a mate. So yeah, so I'm ag- I, mate again. Thank Nothing you, brilliant. thank you very much for your time, sir. And um, all good, brother. And just to
0: anyone that is listening, look, uh, I guess the messages. If you notice a change within yourself or someone else, uh, it might be a bad day or a bad week, but it might be something else. And and what we say is, if we notice a change, change is worth a check in. Start the conversation with yourself with someone else because literally that'll save and change someone's life. Uh, Because you don't necessarily know what someone's going through. But from someone that's been through the ringer, tried to be the big tough guy, it is okay to struggle. And it's
1: fucking also okay to seek support. Yeah, awesome. And Dan, where can we uh, where can we find all, all your uh, all your good content uh, at?
0: Look, you can jump on our socials on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram at mentalhealthmovement, or you can go to mentalhealthmovement.com.au. Uh, we've got a range of different resources, supports, uh, newsletter, a whole range of, of different things. But we put up a fair bit of content uh, regularly uh, that you can jump on, um, or you can hit us up at our email info at mentalhealthmovement.com.au, and you can talk to any of us directly. Awesome. Thank you very much, all sir. All good. Thank you
1: get to the point. thank you for listening legends make sure you like and subscribe on all your podcasting platforms and head over to Instagram and check us out at to the point underscore podcast to the point To the point.